Welcome into the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. Today is Saturday, April 23rd. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Howe. Hey, And our producer, Mike Coyle. What's up, guys? And we are still recapping all of the players that are going to be selected in this upcoming draft, or as many players as we can get through in the time before then allows. So, with that being said, a little bit ago we talked about some of our draft predictions. Just going to follow up on that with a little bit more. So, I know we had said at the time that I see eight wide receivers going in the first round, and I stand behind that. And one of the teams that we talked about last time was a team I thought would take a wide receiver that maybe people aren't talking about, and that's the Arizona Cardinals, who have the 23rd overall pick in this upcoming draft. Lost Christian Kirk in free agency. Yeah, but they've run now more. Yeah, he's a gadget player. Oh, okay. That's, you know, that's... <laughs> Let me give you a list of guys over the last few years who have been drafted who are under 5'11", and you tell me how many of these guys you would take as your, as your wide receiver one for a team, all right? So we've got Christian Kirk. Well, obviously, if I was a Jaguars uh, GM, then That's yes. great. If you're the 31 other teams in the NFL. Okay, go on. Go All right. Mecole Hardman. I mean, just, you know, been stuck behind Tyreek Hill, you know, so go yeah, on. taken in the seventh round later than behind him. He got overtaken by him, mm-hmm. and he's not produced consistently, and I mean... Yeah, you got it. So you, you're good with him as your wide receiver one? Yeah, that's that's the argument. Yeah, exactly. Andy Isabella, is he still in the league? They still in the Cardinals. Is he? He's still in the Cardinals, I believe. Beast. So... The Ravens believe that Marquise Brown so much as their wide receiver one that they used a first-round pick on Rashad Bateman a few years Yo, later. Yeah, Bateman, wide receiver one on the on the Ravens this year. I'm telling you, Jalen Rager. We'll see, oh Rager. Oh, he's your wide receiver one. Yeah, you feel good about that. Yeah, you feel good. About yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta clarify. There's, there's not a video. They can't see your sarcastic smiles on this. Okay, so we well, gotta hope that they've listened to prior episodes and know your complete disdain for Jalen Rager. Let's. Uh, let's Rich was over Jalen Rager being an eagle. Three seconds after the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager to be an Eagle. K.J. Hamler? Is he your number one wide receiver? All right, so here's I where... I mean, he's we, better than Judy, so... Here's, here's where we have some success. Jalen Waddle. There you go. <laughs> That's your guy. We've got Elijah Moore. He had 43 catches for 538 yards and five touchdowns. That's great. Is, so, your, is your wide receiver one or is your wide receiver two? The Jets have been linked to every wide receiver yeah, that's been it, available this all season. Like that's the, how. It seems like the Jets are going to address the wide receiver position again. Even all the all the ones that became available for trade, too, the Jets were in on it. So Rondell Moore, 54 catches for 435 yards, one touchdown. Again, Cardinals, what are, like, is he their wide receiver one? Are they banking on that? I don't think so. Dwayne Eskwidge, 2-2 Atwell. So we got one. One wide receiver who's been drafted in the first or second round over the past three, four years who's under 5'11", who you would take as your wide receiver one. Uh, hey, man. You know, that's why I'm not sold. guys will break out now. That's why I'm not sold on Rondell Moore. That's why I think they'll take a wide receiver, and that's why I'm not sold on some of these other smaller wide receivers that people are talking about. And we'll get to some of those guys a little bit later in this episode, but we're actually going to start off with quarterback out of Nevada, Carson Strong. And Rich, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, Carson Strong had a had a pretty good career at Nevada. Um, his freshman season, he had a uh, uh, passing yards, only eleven touchdowns. Uh, sophomore season, he had twenty eight hundred fifty eight yards, twenty seven touchdowns, and this past year, he had forty one hundred seventy five yards and thirty six touchdowns. He's got good size. He's six three and three eighths, two hundred twenty six pounds. He's got a above average arm strength, good accuracy on all three levels. And he has a good understanding of uh, concepts and game situations. His footwork is also above average. 
And all that comes with some negatives, right? He's almost a statue in the pocket. He lacks mobility. Negative rushing yards throughout his time in Nevada because of the college level. They take right. away yards for sacks. But again, if he's you could not, at least have some mobility, you could negate yeah. the amount of negative yardage. Him at the at the NFL level does not translate as a running threat at all. No. It's going to be no. kind of like a Matt Ryan in a sense where he's, he's a statue. He's sitting in the pocket. Also, he had uh, he's inconsistent on his progressions, right? He needs to improve his touch on, on when to use and when to gun it, right? When, when he should float it and, and when he should let it rip. Right, and that that varies again a bit because if his little bit if he, if his timing's thrown off, then he's got to put the extra right. zip on it, or he's got to float it to compensate for the lack of the timing. So, for from a fantasy's perspective, this is where we're focused about with Carson right. Strong. Lacking the rushing upside and not having any at the college, it's capping a ceiling really hard. I don't know that I could see him as a quarterback one, and I think his ceiling is realistically a mid-tier quarterback two as far as like a fantasy perspective, and that's, again, if he hits his ceiling, which is a big if. So I'd be drafting him essentially as a quarterback three, which... Is that even somebody you're going to draft? Yeah. Yeah. For for him to to be one of those like fantasy studs of the quarterback, you're drafting him hoping that he develops into a top five passer of the football. And right, yeah, because it, yeah, it's a he, long shot. You know, it's it's a yeah. He's not a, he doesn't have the rushing upside, so right. yeah, he's not going to be like uh, you know Jalen Hurts where all of his real life stats are trash, but you know he's still putting up what I think it was QB nine on the year. So yeah, I mean even again just. If you could get 15, 20 rushing yards a game, that's an extra one or two points per game for you that goes into the rushing that you don't get from the passing. And so just to rely on all of it to come from the passing game makes it very unlikely that you're going to crack the top ten in that situation because it just it doesn't seem like even like the kind of guy who can get some sneak some rushing touchdowns, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, sometimes we'll see Dak Prescott get those cheap touchdowns where like they've got their wide receivers spreading everybody out and there's literally just five yards of open space between him and the end zone, and he, couldn't, he just sort of strolls in untouched. Uh, I don't know that he can even, like, you know, I, I think he lacks the speed to get that five yards before getting contacted, you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. that he'd even get that space because I don't think he'd be... Res- it just looks like he's got heavy feet sometimes. Like they, they move slow, yeah. All right, so not too high on Carson Strong, not somebody I'd be targeting in the draft. Again, I like all these other quarterbacks we've talked about more than Carson Strong from a fantasy perspective and probably an NFL perspective as well. Any disagreements there? No. All right. Let's move on then to tight end out of Maryland. Let me see if I can get this right. Chigosian Okonkwo. I, I hope that's correct. We've heard it a couple times said, and I, it's, I still can't get it correct. But that sounds right. That sounds right. That's yeah. that's great. So, <laughs> not not a ton of production out of college. You know, his best season was last year in twenty twenty one. He had you know fifty two catches for four hundred forty seven yards, five touchdowns. So that's not what was impressive. People were kind of more impressed with his combine performance. He he looked kind of smooth and polished. Uh, you know, out there during the drills. He's fast. He ran a four-five-two, had a good vertical jump, thirty-five inches. So I mean, not out of the park, but not bad. So test it wide, test it well athletically. He's got decent hands. He's adjust well to the balls. He's got big play potential as a tight end, essentially. Problem is, I might I see him struggling maybe to carve out an initial role. He's got a smaller frame. He's more of like a big wide receiver. Right. 
than a tight end, again, at the 6'2", uh, 242. So just kind of like an oversized wide receiver as opposed to a big tight end. And he's got speed, but I don't know if he's necessarily got the top end speed to be used like a Mike Kosecki or something to constantly take the top end off, you know, down the seam. It's possible, but it just, uh, I'm, it's not something I'd want to bank on. That seems to be like the only thing you would be banking on, I would say. I mean, he just he needs improvement as a blocker as well, and he he's still raw. He's still learning the position, so there's a lot of room for improvement, but that means it's going to take time to get on the field to develop all that, especially as an undersized tight end, because they're probably going to want him to bulk up. He was probably going to need to adjust. I mean, I don't know how much more he can really bulk up, in all honesty, so... Uh, I, I see him prob I, I don't know. Again, unless a team wants to draft him and commit to him being their pass-catching tight end, which how many teams are going to... How many teams are honestly going to the draft saying, I need to get myself a pass-catching tight end right in, in this draft? Probably not a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So, he's a project. He needs work. He'll, he it might take a while to develop, but... It, What's he on your fantasy radar, Rich? I mean, do you disagree with any of that? Do you feel No, I, I got it written down here in my notes project. Um, I worry about his experience. He's only a one-year starter, right? So he's still learning the position, I, I feel. Um, he's going to have to adjust to the NFL game while still learning the nuances of the position. It, it, it's going to be a tough task. I mean, you, you like the athleticism. He's got great straight-line speed, right? He's a physical blocker. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm not as high on him as some other people. But, uh, you know, if you were to tell me you, you liked him and he was one of your top tight ends, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't fight it. So I, my question would be, is he is he a taxi guy or is he like you just let him fall in the draft and maybe you, you check back in on how he did in a year? Yeah, i probably check back in on him in a year. Again, this is... He just received a lot of hype around the combine and all that from the big scouts for whatever reason. You know, again, he just kind of tested well and they liked the way he looked out there. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, there was a handful of tight ends that I thought imp- were more impressive from an overall standpoint. You know, maybe it was the speed from the tight end position that they really liked about him. But I just, again, I'm, I, I'm just having trouble envisioning how he gets onto the field if he's undersized. You know, he's a willing blocker, but he's not necessarily a great blocker. Right. He needs to develop that, you know, that skill set still. And uh, I don't, I just, yeah. So I, I, I don't know what the hype was as, as much as it was. So we we'll have to wait and see them. Yeah. Maybe we're wrong and the draft pundits all can see something that we can't. Maybe he gets used in a Mike Gusecki role and has some high volume to him, and that's why. But I I have a hard time seeing a team target him to do that. At this right. Moment. Like we say, uh, you know, the NFL scouts usually do know a lot more than we do. So, I mean, if they're hype on it and you can buy into that and if you watch him on film and uh, maybe maybe he's a guy to take. I mean, you're not going to have to worry probably about too many other people, you, yeah, know, you know, going after him. Yeah. So. But uh, up next, NFL scouts have been wrong before. Yeah, that's true. Who who we got up next here? Keep okay, moving. We got Pierre Strong, running back out of South Dakota State. All right. All right, Pierre Strong checks in. He's five eleven, three eighths, uh, two hundred two pounds. He ran a four three seven forty, thirty six inch vertical jump, and a ten inch uh, ten foot four inch broad jump. Now, this past season, twenty twenty one, he had two hundred forty carries, sixteen hundred seventy three yards, eighteen touchdowns. He caught 22 passes 100 for 150 yards, no touchdowns. 
And additionally, I mean, he's had, during out his career, he's actually had 3,000-yard seasons during his career. Yeah. Going back to 2018, he had 117 carries for 1,116 yards, 11 touchdowns, so double-digit touchdowns there. 2019, 143 carries for 1,018 yards, 8 touchdowns. Uh, that was, and 2018, he averaged 9.5 yards per carry. 2019, 7.5 yards per carry. 2020, he's 130 carries. For 688 yards and three touchdowns, so a little bit down as far as the yardage goes, is five, but that's 5.3. I mean, 9.5 and 7.5 are kind of unrealistic expectations for yards per carry. And again, he was getting 100-plus rushing attempts, so this isn't like a small sample size. Yeah, so. he's got over 600 career carries. Yeah. Uh, had close, had over 150 yards in 2019 and 2020 as well, so he's never been featured, quote-unquote, in the passing game, but he has been used steadily in the passing game, kind of as a check-down option, as we talked about. So he's got experience doing it. He's got the ideal frame that you like, like you mentioned earlier with the height and weight combo, the 5'11-202. He's got good football intelligence. You know, like, he, he just has a natural feel for the run game, kind of, you know, can tell where the holes are developing and paces himself properly to hit the hole at the right time and let his blocks get set up. And he can be used both up the middle and off tackles. So, I mean, he's a versatile back. You can use him kind of however you need. He's got the, again, he's got enough speed where he can get out to the outside. He's got plenty of speed yeah, to get out to the he's outside. Fast, very fast he's also got the power to bulldoze through the middle. And you can use him as a pass-catching option out of the backfield. So, why are people so down on Pierre Strong? Well, he played in the FCS, so he did not play against top-tier competition. That's something that people are always going to hold against you. There's not much you can do about that when you play in the FCS. Uh, he was also, again, he he's used in the passing game, but he wasn't featured yeah. in the passing game. So, A lot of checkdowns versus him going out there and, and running design routes for him. So there's questions about how that translates at, at the NFL level. That being said, I feel pretty strong about Pierre Strong, no pun intended. Um, I think I th- he's definitely in my top ten for running backs in this upcoming class. I think I might have him in the top five. Rich, how do you I, feel about Pierre Strong? I agree. I think he's in my top five as well. Yeah, so again, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. You know, he's got it's it's a good combo. Like you said, he's got the good hands. He wasn't featured, but you could project that he that he's gonna have an opportunity to earn a three-down roll. Like, it's not like he drops passes. It's not like he can't catch. Right? He, he looks like a natural catcher of the football coming out of the backfield. There's a difference between doesn't and can't. Yes. Rest. You combine that with his speed, his burst, his vision, you know, I just I see a guy who, who can be a weapon at the next level. He seems to have all, he seems to check the boxes as far as all of the traits go, and then the only question is, well, he played in the FCS and he wasn't used in the receiving. It's like We've okay, seen, so he didn't play against top tier competition. He wasn't used in the receiving game, but that doesn't mean he can't do either one of those things. There's, so. there's been two recent that came out of FCS, two running backs recently that have proven and uh, provided fantasy success. Do you want to take a guess on who they are? No, because I, I'm going to no be idea. completely uninformed on the situation. Let's hear it. Austin Eckler. Okay. James Robinson. All right. I like it. I like it because Eckler is, he's still got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, we think mold the follow there for strong. Yeah. We think he'll have a stronger draft uh, profile than I mean, those They were guys. both undrafted. Yeah, yeah so both undrafted. we think Pierre Strong will be drafted, though. But 
Right. Top five running back in this rookie class, take him towards the beginning of the second round in the dynasty draft? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Right. Sounds, Sounds good. Fair. Cool. All right. Let's move on then to another running back who I think I see differently than a lot of uh, what I've heard from the draft pundits out there. And Rich will see how you feel about him. So, Kyron Williams, I'll let you talk about him. Yeah, running back from Notre Dame, Kyron Williams. This past uh, two seasons, right, uh, the past two years, he's been he's been very dominant for Notre Dame. Uh, 2020, he was over uh, 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns. He had 35 catches, 313 yards. Uh, just this past year, 2021, he had uh, 1,000 yards again, and he had 42 catches for 359 yards. So he's that dual-threat guy, right? That's what you look for in fantasy for a running back. But there's some questions there, right, the size. Right, he's 5'9", 194, and uh, that 40-yard dash time at 465 is a little concerning. Right, so there's some positives with Kyron Williams. Right, he's a great route runner. Right, he ran an advanced route tree. They designed a lot of passes for him. Right, he's got good hands. He's a great pass protector. He's shown a willingness to step up and a proficiency in doing that. Right, and he's a tough runner, even though he's for his size. He battles. He keeps his legs turning. Right, we talked about the negative size, speed, and some explosiveness. I know you're not a big fan, so uh, let me hear what you think about him. I think... He's at best an RB3 at his ceiling in the NFL. I think he's a pass catching. He's a third down back is basically what he is to me when I look at him. I don't I tend see. To agree. Yeah. I don't see the upside. It wasn't just the 40 time. I mean the vertical jumps only 32 inches. Broad jumps nine feet eight inches. I mean, it it just doesn't scream explosiveness. You know what I mean? And it's concerning for a guy especially who's a little bit smaller because that's how they usually thrive and. Maybe in college you can kind of get by being, you know, slightly below average in build and slightly below average in, you know, agility and all that running back with some technique and all. But this, I don't think it's going to translate at the the NFL level. And, like, you know, I don't see him getting 1,000 rushing yards in the NFL. That doesn't seem like something he's got. I know he did the last two years in college. I don't see that for him in the NFL. And. I, I, I just, yeah, I think he's a, he's a, he's a complimentary back. He's a... I don't even want to call him a one B. I want to call him. I want to call him a two. He's a he's a third down back. So that's that's how I view him. That's yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, he took a little bit of a hit after that combine performance. He had a chance to you know give himself a shot. Had he weighed in a little bit better, right? If he came in over that two hundred pound mark, if he ran a little bit of a better forty, there'd have been some speculation there that maybe you know maybe he could potentially be you know a lead back in a, in a in a committee type thing, but. And I tend to view him as, as you know, like you said, a third down back guy who's he's going to catch some passes. You know, he, he may provide some some flex value for you at times, right? Certain yeah. matchups, by week fill-ins, you know how it goes. Yeah. But like, like to uh, comp him to somebody else, we talked about James Cook before, and James Cook is also five nine and, and kind of just shy of two hundred pounds. But his testing was much better, and I, it's one of those things where he could put on some weight and gain some pounds and still perform athletically, whereas you look at Kyron Williams, and his athletic testing was under kind of the thresholds you wanted at his current weight, and now if he packs on 5 to 10 pounds, how much more does that affect his ability? So that's 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 the difference between him and somebody like James Cook, who I could view as gaining RB2 potential, and Kyron Williams, who's kind of stuck as an RB3 flex play. So we're, we're not feeling the hype from the eyeballs on... Uh... On Kyron Williams, then? No, not the hype that the NFL well, guys where, are talking about. If, if, say he falls in your rookie draft, like, pretty far. Like, how 
Like, where are you going to take him at? Like, say nobody really wants him, and he, you know, what are you thinking? Starting in the late third round, I guess. Yeah, late fourth. third round. So yeah. this guy just this is a lottery poll. Yeah, it was a guy I was definitely interested in, like, towards the end of the college season. I was very interested in seeing how he was going to test out at the combine, and it was just disappointing. Okay. Very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I guess we've probably said enough about him, then, if that's how you guys feel. Yep. Let's move on to another guy who <laughs> I... So it's weird because, you know, we've done a few episodes now, and, like, every wide receiver we've typically done and all, and even some of the runnings back up until this point have kind of been higher on than most of the pundits. And now we're hitting some guys where it's the opposite, where I don't see some of the things that they're seeing with this. So that brings us to this guy we're talking about, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. So let's start off. It, it's not it's not overall Jahan Dotson I have an issue with, but the hype and the expectations that I think people are setting for him that I just don't quite understand. So Jahan Dotson, four-year player out of Penn State, 200 receiving yards in his rookie year, no touchdowns, 488 yards in his sophomore year, five touchdowns, got even better in his junior year with 884 yards, eight touchdowns. And then finally, 2021, he breaks out, has 91 catches, 1,182 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So, don't need you to follow all those numbers exactly. Just know that he increased his yardage output every year by quite a significant amount, and his touchdowns also went up each year. Very productive player for Penn State. Comes in at the combine, he's 5'10 and a half, 178, runs a 4'4'3, so he's fast. Vertical jump of 36 inches. Broad jump, 10 foot and 1 inches. Three cone was good too, 7 to 8. So, above all the thresholds you're looking for, a wide receiver, not the freak athletic testing that maybe some people might have been expecting when you see him play. He seems like he plays a faster than his testing comes in. He's a great route runner. Uh, you can't take that away from him. I mean, going in addition to his speed and size and all that, he's a very good route runner, so... He's good at setting the tempo for his route. He knows kind of where he's going to need to be during the play and like how he needs to pace himself to get to where he's going to need to break at the right time to get to the right spot. And despite his size, he is good against press coverage. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't always get jammed up at the line of scrimmage. He can beat some of that on footwork a little bit and sometimes overcome a little bit on physicality. Not all the time, but he's not just getting bullied at the line consistently due to press coverage like you would expect with a smaller guy. He plays a lot more physical. He's also willing to go up over the middle in traffic, you know, something that sometimes you worry about with smaller guys. All of those things are great for him. He's 5'10 and 178, Rich. So is he going to be the exception to the rule you were talking about earlier? No. To open with, with Rondell Moore? He's no. Un, he's under 5'11, right? He's under 5'11. Is he going to be the exception to the rule? Is he going to be the Jalen Waddle, you know, the one guy, Elijah so, Moore? Could he be the exception to the rule? Possibly. Here's what's driving me just kind of insane when I hear it. As I constantly hear from a bunch of different shows talking about either the Packers or the Chiefs grabbing him to be their wide receiver one. And I just... You don't try to make a team out of exceptions. You know what I mean? Like, you don't try to find the guy who's going to be the exception to the rule and place all of your stock into that. That's a risk you take in the later rounds. Grab a wide receiver one in the first, like, it just why are you going to risk it on a guy who's a little bit undersized? And, yes, he tested athletically well. But there were other guys who did test athletically well better that are a little bit bigger. Like, if you ask me, like, say the top five guys are off the board that we talked about, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, 
uh, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, and say Drake London. Drake London. Drake, Drake yeah. London. Let's say those five guys are off the board, and they're sitting there looking at it. Much rather they they grab Christian Watson to be their wide receiver. I, I know you can say he played at the FCS, but he's got all the tools. And so just to give us an example, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert. I'd rather you take one of those guys who tested fit who tested from a physical standpoint similarly, if not better than Jahan Dotson and have the size where they can actually be a wide receiver one. And I just, I don't, Jahan Dotson's best to play in a slot. Randall Cobb plays in the slot for the Packers. Like, what, are you putting Dotson on the outside? Are we putting Cobb on the outside and telling ourselves that Cobb can be an outside wide receiver at this point in his career, at this age, stay in age? I just, I don't see the fit there. And I constantly hear them saying Jahan Dotson and Sky Moore should go to the Packers as their number one receiver. And I'm just like, are you, like, are you guys insane? Like, first, like, the Packers haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round in 20 years. I believe the Packers will draft a wide receiver in the first round. In fact, I believe the Packers are going to take two wide receivers and a tight end with three of their first five picks. They have five picks in the first three rounds. So that's what I think. But I don't think they're going to try to take a smaller, undersized guy in the first round unless they're going to double down on it real early and either come back with that second first-round pick or their early second-round pick and then grab a bigger guy like an Alec Pierce or a Christian Watson if they fall. But they could take both and pair them. Give me David Bell. Give me Jalen Tolbert. Give me you know maybe possibly George Pickens, depending on what you you know how you feel about him, depending on his suspension. He's somebody we'll get into in a later show. Uh, I mean, like I said, Watson. I just not no not 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 this guy. Not the guy who's under five eleven and under one eighty because that that's why there was questions about Devontae Smith's capability to do, it, and he's got you know an inch and a half, and a few pounds on Jahan Dotson. And so I just think with, you know, the Packers, the Packers don't typically get a lot of production out of their rookie wide receivers either, so why take a risk and take one that's not a sure thing? Hopefully one of those top five guys is there for you, but again, I, I would take a risk on one of these other guys that have more that profile more as an actual wide receiver one right. instead of grabbing this guy and then him, quote-unquote, being the wide receiver one because he's a better wide receiver than Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, and he happens to be funneled targets by Aaron Rodgers, but he wouldn't be a number one wide receiver on most other teams. Like, that's that's my cons- that's where I disagree with a lot of the draft pundits yeah. when they talk about him. So, for, for dynasty drafts, where, where are you comfortable taking him if, if you were? I'm saying I, I, I'd probably pass in the first round, second round I'd start to consider. I think I'd be looking there. Yes, that's exactly where I'm at as well. I, He's got a safe floor. He's a wide receiver, too, on, on the NFL level. Yeah, I can see him being a dynamic he's, slot. He's not slot a power weapon. slot wide receiver. No, you need to be a volume slot wide yeah. receiver. So you're talking I mean, he gets Cole up, Beasley, he Sterling Shepard around that area is what you're looking at with Sky, with Jahan Dotson. So wide receiver three range with some upside. Fair enough. All right, and so we're going to transition to another wide receiver who's in a similar position. Uh... I don't know that I feel greatly different about him than I do from Jahan Dotson, and that is Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Yeah, another uh, another guy under 5'11". Huh? Checks in at 5'10", 195 pounds. But, so again, this is what I want to clarify with the guys under 5'11". My issue is not them being a fantasy-relevant wide receiver or them being a useful NFL wide receiver. Being a number one it's wide being receiver. a number one wide yeah. receiver and being a number one wide receiver both NFL and fantasy-wise is something that I don't I can't get behind. I don't. I'm not looking for... You know the Jalen Waddle out of you know the Rondell Moores or and I shouldn't have used him because he's not that bad of an example or Andy Isabella's. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to do. I, I want a, a more sure thing. So 
Sky Moore, though, again, is another guy who will solidly be a wide receiver two in the NFL and possibly from a fantasy perspective as well. Had 800 yards in his uh, freshman year at Western Michigan. 51 catches and three touchdowns. Excuse me, sorry. Shortened uh, season in 2020. Only played in five games. 25 catches for 388 yards and three touchdowns. And then last year he really exploded with 95 catches for 1,292 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's 5'10", 195. This is something we mentioned earlier. He's a little bit heavier than Jahan Dotson, but not quite as taller. He he might have a slightly larger like catch radius than Jahan Dotson. Just to his overall. Build. Yeah. He's got more weight to him. Man. More weight to him. So more of a physical stand, but better chance to be successful if lined up on the outside than I feel Jahan Dotson due to the size. Because when you just when you look at them too, Sky Moore just looks a little bit more solidly built than Jahan Dotson. Not much. And again, I still project Sky Moore to be a slot receiver at the at the NFL level who's going to be a volume slot receiver. So because just like Jahan Dotson, he's a polished route runner. He's great. You know, he's just his timing, his consistency, his footwork. He knows how to control his body to get separation on his routes. He's competitive as a blocker, so that's something to help you get on the field early as well. When you fight to block, and you're going to be out there, you know, sticking your nose into defense, a defensive player, a defensive back on screen plays. He's got good hands, you know. He doesn't. You don't have to worry about drops with Sky Moore like you might do with some of the other wide receivers. He's. He's fast and he's got great bursts as well. So just kind of like Jahan Dotson as well. He's the tip. He's your typical slot receiver. He's fast. He's quick. He runs good routes. He'll get open. He's a solid addition to your NFL team. Solid addition to your fantasy team. Don't count on him to be your wide receiver one. Any disagreements about any of that? No, I view him as a slot receiver. I actually see him more in the uh, wide receiver three range for okay. fantasy purposes. Like I see him being a wide receiver. Um, well, wide receiver two for for an NFL team, but. Being a wide receiver three numbers wise for fantasy, right? You know? Yeah, this is uh, is that is that like really? I mean, like if you're being realistic, you know, maybe in a couple years from now, what he's a, a, a possible weekly like fill in for bye weeks flex kind of guy or depends on how your league goes or how right, your yeah, league goes again. I, I know, but we, we're trying to predict it. Well, now. but in dynasty, so figure in dynasty, you're typically at least three wide receivers deep plus at least one flex spot, right? So we're talking wide receiver four is relevant, yeah. In that case, he's fantasy relevant. If you go for, if you start four wide receivers, or have the possibility to start four wide receivers, right. he has value. Yeah, maybe he's a bye week fill-in type guy. He could again. I think he could be a Cole Beasley, a Sterling Shepard type player, just like Jahan Dotson, which they, those guys have value. Yeah. Like you said, they're, they're a right. weekly fill-in. Yeah, they're a, if somebody gets injured, and you know, you, a nice, a nice floor. You know what to, ex- you know what to expect. Yeah, week in and week out. You know, you're getting around that ten point range. Open that you get a touchdown could push yeah. you up in the high teens. Probably not getting twenty five points for you at any point. Probably not breaking twenty points for you at any point, but might be able to get eighteen points yeah. here and there. And get that again, a, consistently the around the ten point mark, like you said. So cool. What uh, we got any uh, honorable mentions uh, this afternoon, or uh, what are we thinking? Some honorable mentions, some guys to throw out there. I may have. And, if we don't, that's fine too. Yeah, you know? we, I don't want to put you on the spot. What, um, Let's see. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Ty Freifogel. He's a guy that I'd be looking to get maybe uh, last pick, you know, fifth round or fourth round, whatever your last thing is. Probably if you got one of the more shallow drafts, you know, three, uh, four rounds, you're probably picking him up off of waivers. I, I don't know who this is. Who is the this? wide receiver out of Indiana, wide Ty Freifogel. Okay. Ty Freifogel. I'm going to write that one down for my own personal notes. Yeah, check him out. 
solid receiver. He um, made plays, uh, especially not that he fell off this past season. He didn't have as good of a season this year in 2021 as he did in 2020. Do you know how he tested at all? I mean, not like that in numbers, but. Not off the top of my head. Can we, can we look him up? Yeah, can we I check can, him out. I can take a look at him. Ty Freifogel, I'm going to have... Oh, well, there he is. Well, he was a guy I saw at, make uh, quite a few jump ball catches and uh, a deep play down the field type of type of guy. Not that he's like a burner by any means, but, you know, get him down the field and he's going to come down with it. While, yeah, you, yeah. while you look that out, I'll give a quick shout-out to Tyquan Thornton, who ran a 4-2-8-40 at the Combine. He's a fast guy. He's a bet-on-traits guy. He's a height-weight-speed guy out of Baylor. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my random shout-out. I'd expect him to be taken later in the draft. He might be a 6th, 7th-round wide receiver in the NFL draft. and Maybe you don't need to draft him in your dynasty draft, but just a name to keep an eye on in free agency. It's shallow out there for some teams. So, and it looks like Ty Freifogel ran a 4-5-3, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So... Yeah, nothing. We, we, nothing uh, again, yeah, that's, that's around where Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas ran their 40 right. times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four, five, six, I think, yeah, is good right around. 6'1", 204, you know. Cool. I like it. He, he jumped off the 39-inch off the vertical, right? Yeah, 39. Mm-hmm. And then a 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump. Yep. So that's that's some explosiveness. So, again, that's what you're looking for, some of those bigger guys, the guys that are around the 6'2 and run those 4'5s. You're looking for the explosiveness to gain that separation when the ball is thrown to them. That's that's really – so when you show that, yeah, there's he's, he's again, a guy – bet on traits guy that you take in the end, kind of what I said with Taekwon Thorne. I don't know that you need to draft him, but a name to keep an eye on a free agency if you've yeah, got a shallow free agency, you know. Set your, set your watch markers. Right. Cool. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for the rest of this episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Oddballs, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, as well as anywhere that you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich Elk. Mike Coyle. See you next time. Later, guys.